When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. Okay, this week, the episode we are recapping is season two, episode three, called Red Light on the Wedding Night. The episode description is, during a wild party, part. During a wild party, Lorelai impulsively calls someone, and their conversation gives her second thoughts about her plans. I feel like this description is reading into things. They're doing some of the analysis for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Well, we can just stop recording now. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> this episode is one of the ones that like, I remember most distinctly. And I always, mm-hmm. like, think of it as the beginning of season two, even though we've already had a couple episodes. But I feel like this is where things mm-hmm. really get started. Yeah, I want to talk a bit as we go on about the, like, narrative arc and my questions about how this episode is the third of mm-hmm. this season when it feels to me like a finale of season yeah. one. Like, I felt like things were making sense in terms of narrative structure until now now i'm like wait why wasn't this a finale everything else like this could have wrapped up so much in season one and i don't know but i guess we can get into that (laughs) maybe they thought it wouldn't be believable for lorelei to meet miss max medina break up with him get back together with him get engaged with him and break up again all in one season (laughs) yeah yeah potentially well I have a bit I'm sure we have more to say about this but we can get to our talking fast before we do otherwise we might never do it and then how how sad would that be good point (laughs) okay I think I go first this time all righty are you ready um yes (laughs) okay on your mark get set Go. So we start off with Rory and Lorelai tasting cakes. So we understand that the wedding is coming up. I guess time has passed and we're now like at the end of summer. Um, and then we get uh, this setup for a double date between Rory and Dean and Max and Lorelai, which leads to a weird, awkward, like parenting debacle between Max and Lorelai. Um, and then there's the Luke versus Taylor, which is my favorite part of everything. And at the very end, Lorelai decides she doesn't want to get married and they go off into the distance. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I still still got hung up on the beginning and I missed most of the middle. <laughs> but let's see. Are you mm-hmm. ready? The exposition. <laughs> Are you ready to take up? Uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> ready? Go. 
Uh, we've got wedding planning. We've got hiring Kirk as a photographer. There's a town debate about a traffic light and crosswalk. Luke is grumpy about that and marriage in general, but he makes a hoopah for Lorelai. Uh, before that, Lorelai has a bachelorette party where she calls Christopher and Rory finds out about this, questions her about it. Eventually, Lorelai says she's not trying on her wedding dress every night and that's how she knows she's not ready, so they go on a road trip. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, dang it. If I'd known I had extra time, I would have mentioned how symbolic it felt that there was, they stopped at a red light at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a very long red light. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Should we slow down and look in more detail at the episode? Yes. Yeah. So it opens with cake tasting at Fran's Bakery, as you mentioned in your Talking Fast. They're trying a lot of cakes. This is a clue to us that the wedding is still on. And as you mentioned, time has passed. I noticed that they say the wedding is two weeks from tomorrow. And Lorelai also mentions Max is back. And I'm not sure if we shared this last time, but um, they said Max was going to be away for two months in Toronto. So a lot of time yeah, like has passed. <laughs> and yeah, and so my, my question, and actually made this my Friday night dinner critique because... I struggled to find something to critique this episode because I felt like the episode was productively like putting forward critiques itself and whatever. Um, So I just had a bit of a critique about the choice of the timing of the story of it all. Like why start season two at the start of summer if you're not going to spend any time really with episodes detailing summer like max was gone lane was gone and we didn't see anything i guess i was just confused by this choice and i feel like it makes it a bit confusing as the viewer to see things unfolding it feels like less dramatic that lorelei decides not to marry him because it feels like it's been so recent to us and um it also just makes it seem less weird that Lorelai hasn't thought about her future <laughs> at all <laughs> because it seems so new. But in reality, it's like she had two months and didn't mm-hmm. think about so many things. But again, I think that's something the episode is like aware of. You know, I'm not like pointing out something they weren't aware of. But um, yeah, that's just my critique. It's just like full of questions, really. Yeah, it was such a strange choice and I was wondering if if it might have come down to like logistical issues like they had to finish season one in such a way that if they didn't get a season two it wouldn't be too terrible for the characters like it wouldn't leave too much un unsaid Mm -hmm. so like season one ended with all those happy (laughs) moments rather than if it had ended with this then we would have definitely gotten like a good cliffhanger like I feel like we get in later seasons I don't know if that might have had something to do with it and then we would have started up the next season like in fall like we should be (laughs) yeah yeah I know I think I would have preferred that but Mm -hmm. and maybe that was something that gave them the inspiration to end with cliffhangers (laughs) in the future when they were like writing this episode maybe they're like wow this could have been so good but 
Yeah, if you don't, especially if they didn't know if they'd get picked up, it would make sense to have season one be tied with a bow a bit more, I would think. It's just like they have over 20 episodes. Like (laughs) they couldn't, you know, condense a bit to fit these three into season one. But hindsight is 2020, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, I still liked this episode, I think. It definitely, there are so many parts of it that I feel like are big parts of the rest of Gilmore Girls. So it started off some good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it was so engrossing. I think that's what made me kind of pause and think like, why not have this as a finale or is the season two opener? The stakes just felt really high in it in a way that like last episode hadn't and that in a way that felt weird for like a three (laughs) you know last episode we were kind Mm -hmm. of at least I was kind of complaining that it wasn't that interesting (laughs) in comparison that's true well whenever we get them on our show you know to interview we can ask (laughs) the Sherman Palladino. I'd be way too intimidated by Amy Sherman Palladino to critique anything in front of her. I don't know. I'd just be like, I like your hats. At this point, all the stuff I've really heard from her is like, about her is like people critiquing her behind her back. So I feel like I would come in Mm -hmm. all like high and mighty and make a fool of myself. But anyways, back to the scene. I I liked this scene. There was something I wanted to note that I thought was really funny and a continuity error, which is, so they were eating these cakes. And when you saw, when the shots were from Fran's point of view, looking on to Lorelai and Rory, they were like taking actual bites out of the cake. But when the mm-hmm. shots were in Rorali, Rory and Lorelai's point of view, looking at Fran and the back of the cakes... They were all completely whole and no bites had been taken out of the cakes. So I just thought that was, a, Ooh, you know, an error. Got him. <laughs> Did you watch Love is Blind season yes, two? of course. <laughs> I thought so. I saw an interesting, um, someone pointed out, I think on Twitter or something like that, uh, the conversation between Sal and Mal. <laughs> Uh, they're eating like the the one dish yeah. he knows how to make right and their conversation is so spliced together that sometimes her plate is empty sometimes oh, it's full yeah. like it was clearly put so out of order which is you know reality tv is different than filming this is simply continuity air you know but with that it's like changing completely what we we think their conversation was real you know but it's as much you know made up as this conversation about mm. cakes almost in a fictional it's show all just manipulation what is reality mm-hmm. that's the big question <laughs> of the day uh, deep uh, on a less deep note i noticed um have you watched superstore i think i've seen an episode but i haven't watched it enough to know the show okay superstore is one of my favorite like workplace comedies and it's set in a kind of like walmart-esque store and just it's kind of about the ongoings of the people who work there and anywho um the same actor who plays fran plays myrtle in superstore and i just was like oh it's myrtle and that's all i have to say about that but i would recommend those are two (laughs) great names fran and myrtle Mm -hmm. totally (laughs) 
Fran also can't keep up with Lorelai's sense of humor <laughs> in this scene. Lorelai keeps making some weird jokes and Fran just doesn't catch on, which I thought was really cute. Mm-hmm. And Fran also doesn't catch on to the fact that Sookie is already making Lorelai's cake. So Roy brings up this ethical question about is it right that we're sampling all of these cakes and Fran doesn't know we're not going to buy from her. And Lorelai basically says like, is it ever wrong to eat cake? Which is a good point, but I hope they did like tip Fran really well or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, poor Fran because... There were a lot of cakes there. They all looked like they took a lot of time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we also um, get some weird poetry quotes from Rory for Lorelai. And I did not pick any of these for my Rory's bookshelf moment because I just didn't care about any of these poets, to be honest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like Lord Byron and stuff like that. Byron is interesting, but... Yeah, I was just wondering why Rory picked those for a wedding invitation. Yeah. I think... Was it a joke? It, it must have been, because none of them were particularly yeah. romantic. <laughs> the next day, or later that day, it seems to be a continuation of looking for different wedding vendors, because that's exactly what you should be doing when it's two mm-hmm. weeks away. <laughs> and it turns out photography is Kirk's passion (laughs) so he's kind of applying to be their wedding photographer showing them all these different pictures one of which is a self-portrait where he's naked another is like the iconic uh, photo from V-Day and he says he included it as to show what he inspired like what he aspires to be as a photographer Um, that was basically what I gleaned from this scene he ends up getting hired um, for the cost of the film and <laughs> no extra compensation. I loved it. Yeah, and a lunch, yeah. I think. I, it was so classic Kirk. Like, this was, mm-hmm. this is the Kirk that we know. I loved it. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> and next up is the Dean that I know. <laughs> um, he And Rory. Rory is in this, too. They are debating their anniversary once again because Rory brings up the idea of a double date with Max and Lorelai the next night. And Dean goes, but it's our anniversary. And I'm just like, how many times a year do these kids check, celebrate their anniversary? Apparently, I'm like, is this the new three months, you know? Like, has it been? Probably two months, I guess. But um, they're debating if they should call their anniversary, like, their original one or the day they got back together. And I'm just, like, rolling my eyes through it all. Such boring... (laughs) teen love i guess we should Mm -hmm. be happy for them or something good for them well we did comment about how they had just gotten back together and seemed to be arguing right away so i will say just for the record they do seem totally happy throughout this episode they are working fine together in fact they seem more like an old married couple than max and lorelei do at this point (laughs) i had my rory's bookshelf moment in this scene Strangely, Mm. there weren't very many for me to choose from this episode, Mm -hmm. so I picked one that was just like a passing thing when they're talking about movies to watch, and I think Dean or Rory proposes Holy Grail or Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and Dean says that that's fine as long as they don't have to speak in British accents for the entire evening, which sounds like something Lorelai would have proposed. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I chose this 
mostly just because it's something I recognize. It's a medievalism movie. So it's a movie about loosely based in history. Um, if you could even say that. But I, this might be kind of blasphemous for other medievalists, but I'm not a huge fan of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I do find it mm. entertaining, but slapstick humor and like crude humor aren't really my thing. <laughs> like people always think I'm just a boring, cold person when I say that. <laughs> but I just like... I don't think so. <laughs> like, sure, I see that that stuff is funny. I understand that it's funny, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make me laugh. <laughs> so I'm just like, this is... This is a, a supposedly funny movie. Many people enjoy it. There are some interesting social commentary things in it. Uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> well said. I think that's totally fine. To each their own sense of humor, you know? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene we have is, I think, maybe the same night, though... I guess supposedly we cover like a full week in this episode, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. But Max is cooking in Lorelai and Rory's house. They're both kind of astounded by the smell of somebody cooking in their house and also Mm -hmm. all the different contraptions in their very cool They didn't know they had a broiler. (laughs) To be honest, I've never used a broiler. I have no idea how to do it. When I try to turn my oven to broiler, it just smells really yeah. gassy and I get afraid. <laughs> yeah, mine just smells like something's burning and mm-hmm. I think that might just be part of living in like rental places with questionable yeah. maintenance. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I like wonder if my oven can even get up to like 450 yeah. truly, yeah. you know, let alone broiler. <laughs> yeah. Every time I turn my uh, oven on for more than 45 minutes, I worry that something's going to catch on fire. But anyways, <laughs> so Max is cooking and it all looks tasty. Um, I don't really like they weren't really having a really important conversation that I can remember here, except that we find out that Max, he, he's getting his apartment um, painted probably so he can move out. And Lorelai suggests that maybe he wants to stay with them for the weekend so he doesn't have to be in the paint fumey place. Um, and this, yeah, this is going to be a big thing. <laughs> yeah. So this night is like the trial run of him staying with them. And it seems like the significance is this newcomer to their typical routine. And you get the sense that at least in this night, it seems to go well. You know, he cooks for them. He watches the movie. He learns that while they get to talk through the (laughs) entire movie, he will be shushed. Um, And then they go to bed and Lorelai kind of makes her way down and asks Rory, like, are you okay with this? Everything is going to be different when we get married. There's a boy in my bed. How weird. And it's all just kind of like, how did, how did you all not talk about Mm -hmm. this sooner than two weeks before the wedding? Um, It's also just all Lorelai projecting. Like, she's worried that Roy thinks things are weird. 
when it's mm-hmm. super clear that it's just Lorelai who feels uncomfortable about it. She just doesn't want the change happening. Rory seems yeah, perfectly yeah. like well adjusted, as far as mm-hmm. I can tell. Which we will see, like when her and Max talk later on. Um, it really it harkens back to the reason that Lorelai and Max broke up initially, like really early on, was like when Lorelai got worried that Rory wanted him to be part of their lives when really it was Lorelai worrying about if she wanted him to be a part of their lives it's like that is all really raging underneath the surface at this point but it gets much closer and then is like beyond the surface later on yeah Yeah, I'd say that a lot of this episode is like rehashing just within one episode what happened within like the first 10 episodes of season one (laughs) as far as the relationships uh with max and laurel i go right but it just feels so different because either like she and maybe us as the viewer have been tricked into thinking like this time it's different Mm -hmm. like she can do it this time it's gonna be great and then we're like oh wait (laughs) but we'll get to that later on yeah eventually rory the font of wisdom tells Lorelai that she's just going to have to adjust. <laughs> yep. Okay. The next day, we open at Luke's diner. And um, I think the thing that I find up here, well, first of all, Taylor is happy yeah. <laughs> and Luke says that makes him nervous. <laughs> and I said, same. I'm also nervous when Taylor is happy about something. Uh, but then they all they come in and they say like Max is here and he actually needs to read the menu before he orders and everyone is quite thrown off by this and ultimately he says like you didn't have to wait for me my rhythm might be different than your rhythm and I felt like that was just the moral of the episode (laughs) like his rhythm being different can they like get attuned and that's the conflict and ultimately we see the results by the end yeah but right now it's about ordering food you know at surface level (laughs) we do get like a bit of luke being weird (laughs) towards max when max like walks in the door luke walks right up to him and is all chipper and very unluke like and says something like, yeah. how you doing, buddy, or some, something weird. <laughs> because Lorelai said, be nice to him, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and before that, Luke had joked about how Max reads three newspapers every morning. And he says, that's a terrific use of trees. <laughs> um, but I actually think Luke is wrong here because it's quite good to read the same news from multiple mm-hmm. sources, um, which Luke is like making fun of here. But it's clearly, I think the sass is clearly coming from a point of jealousy Yeah, at this point. (laughs) That was a nice little PSA for our listeners. Do not ever get your news from one single place. Look up multiple different news sources about the same news topic to understand what's really Mm -hmm. happening. Everybody's biased. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) PSA over. (laughs) (laughs) So... What happens next is my Stars Hollow moment. Um, Love it. <laughs> as you might have expected, I I think I've made it clear that I am a Taylor fan, despite his questionableness at different times. 
But the thing I love most about Taylor is his long-standing rivalry with Luke. And this is yeah. where we really see it start happening. Like we saw hints of it in season one, but not that much. But here it's going to become a regular thing. So while they're at Luke's eating breakfast, we see that there's some construction vehicles coming up outside. And of course, <laughs> Luke is infuriated that they are right outside of his diner. So he runs out there and we find out Taylor has been planning for a traffic light to be installed right outside of Luke's diner, right on the corner there. And they have a great argument about hating each other more or less <laughs> and Luke not being like a team player for the town and Taylor being Taylor more or less yeah I thought it was yeah it was really interesting about like Taylor's level of power in mm -hmm. the town because Luke was like you have to ask all of the business owners and Taylor's like I can act on my own if it's a matter of public safety so he's basically like just acting like a dictator to put this traffic light and crosswalk in and he says you can't stop progress mm -hmm. and Luke storms off very bothered and like wants to make calls about this and whatnot but what an iconic feud and yeah. just something of course that would happen in Stars Hollow huh <sighs> yeah I love it <laughs> and then Right after this, we get a serious moment. Um, we go back into the diner, and Lorelai is asking Luke whether he got the invitation for the wedding. I, mm. I admit, I completely forgot that this scene ever happened. When it was happening, it was like a brand new thing to me. But Luke, I guess, had gotten it, but he's really playing this off as something not serious. He says it's like on his table under drunk or something and Lorelai looks a bit hurt what do you think um but wasn't Rory just reading like the poem quotes for the invites like a day or two before <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> they they send out like save the dates go out before actual invites you know but I don't think she said save the date this is such a just like a logistical thing because I'm just so many people around me are getting married now and I've heard about the, you know, the proper things, you know, you get to save the date, then there's the invite and luckily everyone has you RSVP online these days, but I imagine you would have in the past had to check like I would like the chicken or the beef and <laughs> mail it, whatever. Like I, so I think something is off here, but that's not really the that doesn't affect the emotional weight of the scene at yeah. all <laughs> we have gotten within this scene I don't remember exactly where it was placed but Luke made his ideas of marriage well known mm -hmm. um that was slightly later okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. but we definitely see here that he is not excited about the wedding maybe he's mm -mm. also kind of for sh like he has you know some psychic abilities let's just say, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, knows that maybe it's fine if he doesn't take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Later that night, we are on the double date that was mentioned by Rory and Lorelai, and 
when I saw this scene, it's like the four of them, the two couples walking on the sidewalk after eating dinner. I thought all four of them were holding hands <laughs> because Lorelai and Max are holding hands. Rory and Dean are holding hands. And like Dean and Max are in the middle and their hands are very close. And I like actually watched it closely to see if the, you know, they're, I just thought that would be so hilarious if they had been holding hands. Um, just a small, small note, but this scene is kind of centering the Dean and Max relationship, not, you know, to the point of holding hands or anything, but Dean, like, in a weird way is counseling Max about how to be, uh, like a member of the Gilmore, like, club, and maybe this is because Dean was just inaugurated as a Gilmore girl himself, you know, recently, but despite everything we've said about Dean, I feel like in this conversation, he did display a thorough understanding of Rory and Lorelai and how to get along with them. And in a way that didn't feel condescending or patronizing either. Like the last thing he shares like advice related is that if you ever think they're doing something crazy, you just need to wait and then you'll realize like it wasn't at all. But by that point, they'll have done like two or three other things. So you can like, they're on to the next thing and you can never stay up with them. But I I just liked that because sometimes it seems like the outsiders or men in their lives view them as like ridiculous or silly, et cetera, et cetera, quirky. But Dean is saying, like, you might think that, but you'll soon realize it's not that at all, but you'll never be able to keep up with them. They talk too fast. (laughs) It's true. And they know your favorite ice cream flavor. I, watching them have ice cream in, like, the evening in the town square made me want to do the exact same thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It just looks so nice. (laughs) But as they get back to the house, we start to run into a little bit of trouble. Dean Mm -hmm. and Rory... It's rumbling. Dean and Rory stand outside to, you know, do whatever teenagers do. Talk about books (laughs) or make out or something. (laughs) A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And Max (laughs) kind of awkwardly, like, stops at the doorway and says, you know, it's getting late. And Rory says, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then they, then Max goes up to talk to Lorelai about it. And this was actually my Friday night dinner critique. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I agree with Max here. But mm-hmm. I also think that it's the same thing we've been complaining about with their relationship since the beginning. They haven't thought about Rory at all to the point where they haven't even thought about the fact that Max is going to be her stepfather. Like, what does that mean for Rory? Like, legally and also just, like, in day-to-day life. So, like, what kind of authority does he have? Does he have any authority? Do they need to discuss parenting choices? And, like, just basic things. Lorelai seems to think that they're not important because she thinks that Rory's all all brought up, but she is still Mm -hmm. 16, so there are all sorts of things that could happen that she just can't predict. And even if Rory's mature all the time, that doesn't mean that she's not going to run into issues where there need to be parental decisions. Um, 
So my my critique mostly just was that they've gotten this far. They haven't considered Rory in any way whatsoever. Just like when they first started dating, they didn't consider her, her. They made out in the school and like ruined her life that way. And here, here it is again. It's just going to like lead to bad situations for Rory and they haven't thought about it whatsoever. I agree completely. I found this scene really frustrating to watch. Like I want to be on Lorelai and Max's side like rooting for them and their relationship and I don't want to like harbor all of my critique at Lorelai herself because I think it's really interesting in general what the show does with like her um like her inability to commit like I think it's an interesting storyline and whatnot but on like the episode to episode level (laughs) it can just be so frustrating to see her say things like she hasn't thought about their future that like this is just something quirky that made him fall in love with her and um she's just really joking around and not taking it seriously when Max is like really being respectful and asking like what how would you want me to react to Rory like being out late or making out with Dean on the couch like he's not assuming anything or taking on a super overbearing role immediately he's trying to establish healthy boundaries here and ultimately gets like hurt in the process and says at the end that he broke uh, Dean's late night cranky rule <laughs> which was when Dean had said don't like bring up a fight late at night they're yeah. more cranky than and so it's like the scene ends with that lighthearted joke and they both say sorry and I don't know it's just like there's something so much more there's something underlying mm-hmm. here that is not it's not gonna be okay in yeah. the end yeah I thought it was really interesting when Max asked what his role is like not just with Mm -hmm. his role with Rory but also his role with Lorelai and and she's like you're my fella my boyfriend and it's not it's like it's not endearing at this point Mm -hmm. he's like this is a serious relationship yeah he deserves to have be thought of like as an equal the way that she's talking about Mm -hmm. him makes him seem just like a thing to have around (laughs) yeah like an add-on to their life like supplementary not like an integral part of it and yeah he's like am I just here to make garlic bread and answer the phone (laughs) which of course he wants more than that you know (laughs) although why I'm not sure that sounds like a fine life garlic bread does sound really good right now I'll just say not answering the phone though now that I think about it if I had somebody to answer the phone for me I would have them do that. Mm-hmm. Completely. But I'm, I'm not going to be like, you don't understand. This is a very serious role yeah. in my life, avoiding telephone calls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no way I'm ever going to answer the phone. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, we end with kind of a, not an agreement, I guess, but just a, an agreement to maybe talk about it later. I feel like so many of their scenes in this episode end with like putting a band-aid on the bigger issue that then at the end you see like the band-aids were not working the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like It's like putting a band-aid on a broken arm or something. <laughs> yeah, yikes. 
On a lighter note, the next scene is my Stars Hollow moment. I feel like this is a sec, like a two-parter, yeah. you know, to your earlier Stars Hollow moment. Um, the continuation of the traffic light crosswalk debacle. Uh, this is a scene where Taylor has like a gathering of all the townspeople, and they're seeing the traffic light be <laughs> unveiled. It has all of the perfect like ingredients for a recipe of a stars hollow moment you know it's got luke being really grumpy saying this is like hitler's germany and taylor's brainwashing them and gave them no choice it's got taylor like unveiling the light and it has the biggest yellow button miss patty's ever seen and maury says he doesn't like being infantilized because the directions are written for morons and there's just like so many fun little lines coming from different people um mrs lanahan who i think dies later on right i think they go to her funeral either way she's the oldest person in town so she's walking across she's the first to do the crosswalk kirk is taking pictures with the (laughs) cap still on his lens (laughs) it ends we don't even see if mrs lanahan has made it across like it's just a very good good fun scene Mm -hmm. Um, and Sookie calls Luke crotchety, uh, which I thought was a good word to describe. This is when he's going on and on about marriage and how it's like goes against biological nature and people can't evolve together and all of this stuff. Meanwhile, Lorelai's right there getting ready to go on her bachelorette trip and it's like a little inconsiderate of him at this point to be going on this rant like right in front of her. Yeah, he's just riled up because of Taylor. I have to point out this wasn't my Lorelai's closet moment because I have something even better later. But Suki's <laughs> purse during this was great. It was like a, um, let me see, I wrote it down. It's like a bright red crocheted bag with like bright yellow flowers on it. It's totally garish. Oh, wow. It was just like, <laughs> this is a very Suki type of thing. Um, it was mm-hmm. something yeah <laughs> nice nice <laughs> but yeah i love this scene also it's great even though luke was being a party pooper i guess but that's also his role mm-hmm. in the town to be honest <laughs> right so it worked of course <laughs> and we get teased that there's gonna be a bachelorette party which we haven't heard about yet in this episode i think even though it seems to be like one of the big moments that we were building towards. We interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor. What's more important than your wedding day? The cake that you'll serve at your wedding. At Fran's Bakery, she knows the recipe to wedding success, and there's no one else you should trust with something so important. Her family has been at this for over 112 years. And Fran doesn't even look a day over 106. Fran can provide you with countless different cake options, including fan favorites like raspberry and mocha crunch cream. She can also work on a tight timeline. If your wedding is just two weeks away and you haven't thought about your future with your husband, that doesn't bother Fran. The cake will be ready, even if you aren't. If you're ready to say yes to a cake with Fran, we have a special offer for you. Let Fran know you're a listener of Talking Fest, and she'll let you sample as many cakes as you want. Seriously. Even if you've already had seven samples and you've got cold feet, she'll go to the back to find more options so you can find the one. 
That's because her motto is, cake is the glue of the wedding. This offer comes with one small caveat. Due to recent unfortunate events with some less than ethical potential customers who came and used up all of Fran's samples while knowing from the beginning that they were going with another cake vendor, it is now a store policy that sampling, if you want to sample cakes, you must be ready to commit to Fran. We hope you understand. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to download the new Bumble now. And the next scene is the bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. We've got Michelle, Miss Patty. Rory, <laughs> Sookie, and Lorelai. You know, such an odd crew <laughs> for a bachelorette party. Yeah. <laughs> and later on, we learned Emily, which I was like, jaw to the floor shocked. And Michelle invited Emily. I thought that was hilarious. Because yeah, Lorelai so was like, get me a drink right now, please. <laughs> Michelle is there so that he can dance. And they have some difficulty getting Rory in because, of course, she's underage and this is a bar. We also get a quick call from Max talking about his bachelor party and his brother has attempted to jump over a fire hydrant and has a concussion. (laughs) A leap, yeah, to leapfrog. I thought he was going to say he had a groin injury. that's what you'd expect. Not a head injury. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I guess he made it, but then, like, fell over after. Yeah. Such a weird detail to include in the episode. Maybe they originally had it as, like, a serious groin injury, and then they were told that it would be a weird thing for this <laughs> TV show. I don't know. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they do get into the club and yeah, they see Emily sitting there. It's a drag queen club, which honestly looks pretty cool. Um, yeah. It, As far as clubs go, like it seems more like one that I would enjoy. <laughs> like you can sit down and chat and stuff and it's not just dancing on a dance floor and even though that's what yeah. Michelle wanted. Which disappointed. <laughs> yeah. It, he says he likes to move on the weekends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My Rory's bookshelf was in the drag queen club as well. Uh, when we first enter, we see a performer as Judy Garland singing Get Happy, which is a song I love. It's originally from a 1950 movie she did with Gene Kelly called Summerstock. But the way I became familiar with it first bear with me here it was on glee i know everyone grown it's fine (laughs) kurt and rachel sang um the version of get happy that is paired with barbara streisand's happy days Mm -hmm. are here again and that duet is just beautiful and of course like it wasn't glee i mean glee does mash stuff up but they didn't actually mash that up streisand and garland did that they performed that together and it's really lovely performance They talk about how much they hate each other before they start singing. (laughs) And by that, they just mean they, like, respect each other's talent, you know. Um, And the 
drag queen was like dressed up as Judy Garland in her performance of it in the movie. So I just felt like it was all really, I liked all the attention to detail Mm -hmm. in that. Wow, I didn't know the history of that mashup. I do like, I can distinctly remember that song on Glee because it's like so emotional, like Kirk is so emotional. It's one of my favorites, (laughs) actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're both dressed up like, of course, Leah and Rachel are dressed up as Barbara Streisand and Kurt is dressed up more as Judy Garland and it's kind of about like how they're two divas but they come together in friendship and whatnot. I think Kurt has been like bullied in that kind of episode so it's it's a nice moment for their friendship ultimately. Uh, things they did to Kirk in that episode or that series, Kurt. Yeah. And he has such a great voice. I like still some of my favorite songs are the ones that he's done like the defying gravity with him and rachel is one of my favorites Uh, anyways (laughs) yeah i could talk about that for far too long so i'm just gonna say i agree (laughs) so Uh. now that we're in the club emily is the one (laughs) we're in the club let's go (laughs) emily is the one who really gets the conversation going and she's asking Mm -hmm. Lorelai if she's how she's feeling and they all start talking about like how sick they felt leading up to their weddings from nerves and stuff Emily talks about how she went and snuck out and put on her wedding dress every single night leading up to the wedding and like would they daydream these scenarios where she would run into Richard I thought that was adorable that was so cute I do too I want to see like I want to see a young Emily and Richard I would watch that and we know like he was in a different relationship obviously Trix doesn't approve like there'd be such good conflict but then to also see them be like so romantic and sexy Mm -hmm. as like young adults would be so fun yeah yeah because the way she was describing it I found to be so romantic and everyone is really moved by this and she's like at the end of her speech she's like this is a really good drink I highly recommend it (laughs) but she's like talking about how she was like weak in the knees before they got married and how when she'd put the dress on she'd just look and say like how very safe she feels how right and wise and honored and I was like oh my gosh that's such a moving way like True love. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Emily and Richard, they are one of the best couples of the entire series. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the episode where they like renew their mm-hmm. vows yes. and they're dancing together. And then, of course, that's when uh, Logan and Rory <laughs> make out in the other room and Rory's in like a tux and so much fun stuff. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> that's an episode for another day, like yeah. another year. <laughs> yeah. A long time in the future. (laughs) But we also hear about Miss Patty's four weddings (laughs) and three husbands, um, (laughs) which I thought was great. I wanted to hear more about that, of course. Um, I guess Miss Patty is the only other one there who's been married because Suki is still just dating Jackson. Yeah. And Emily's like moving speech Mm -hmm. causes everyone at the table like if they're dating someone to reach out to them to see if they're thinking about them so like Rory is texting Dean, Sookie goes to call Jackson and Lorelai 
Oh, Lorelai. Oh, dear. She goes to call Max, too. End of episode. No. <laughs> or does she? She calls the one and only Christopher. I still... So, I am still not sure exactly why she did this. Do you have any theories about why she would pick Christopher for this call? So, later on... When Rory asks her, she blames her Long Island iced tea that mm. she's been drinking. Um, another clue to me is, like, the way she's, like, we see her reacting when Emily is describing these, like, really ardent and solid feelings she had for Richard. So, if, like, I feel like we're seeing her and we're getting clues that she's, like, not, she doesn't feel the same way about Mac. She doesn't feel as secure but I do not know why. I feel like it's a leap for her mm-hmm. to like. This is so out of the blue. Like, I would have thought she would call Luke yeah. before Christopher. It and especially if you think about the way the seasons were broken up. Like Christopher hasn't been on our minds since way early in season one. I feel like like I maybe they did it for the the shock. Of it, the surprise, and to be like, you think Lorelai is over Christopher, but we're letting you in on a little secret. Like, he's always haunting her. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. That just reminded me. So, like, when Christopher and Lorelai hooked up after that big fight with Strobe and Francine, it was, like, right when we were starting to get an inkling that Lorelai and Luke might get together. And now this is, like, right before Lorelai and Max really get together. And not to, you know, spoil it for our listeners, but there are some some circumstances later on when Lorelai also, like, sabotages relationships by going to mm-hmm. Christopher. Yeah. But... I viewed this as self-destructive yeah. tendencies, certainly. Yeah, we just, like... And he's easy. He's there. (laughs) We haven't, but we just haven't seen enough of him at this point to really understand that, I think. Yeah, we don't know it's a pattern Mm -hmm. yet, but this is like the early on clues that looking back, we can see that. And and just the, the very like circular nature of the show as well, like the progress and moving forward that immediately is like snapped back Mm -hmm. to square one of so many of their arguments go in that logic and it seems like some of her relationships do as well like and against all odds like Christopher is not really even that bad in this phone call either like he does make fun of Max's CD collection but other than that he's like fairly supportive of her getting married he's like if you found the one then congratulations and like I feel like he could have tried to weasel his way in much more like he could have been like don't do it marry me instead or like all of these different things but I don't know yeah. it was like this was all so on Lorelai. <laughs> yeah I really got the feeling that she was calling him because he is I mean because he's her oldest friend more or less even if they aren't that friendly now he their conversation reminded me of conversations I've had with my brothers like that kind Mm, of teasing mm -hmm. energy so that's that's definitely the vibe I was getting from him and I yeah I'm still not quite sure why Lorelai 
made this move and also why she hadn't told him that she was getting married yet you would think that rory yeah. would have told him supposedly they have like weekly phone calls <laughs> that's a good point about her calling him like in the role of friend and someone who knows her because she does say like i wanted to talk to someone who knows me really well and she asks him like can you see me being married I almost like I almost do wonder if like she's calling him not necessarily as sabotage, but as like a grasping at like getting confirmation from someone who does know her. Like, yes, you can do this. Yes, you can be someone who can be married and like almost asking him to talk her into it. Like, yeah, you can you can be as sure as Emily was before she married Richard. And I don't maybe she doesn't get that gratification in the end from the conversation because ultimately it has to come from Mm -hmm. her you know like she has to have that inner sense and confidence in her relationship yeah that's true i didn't necessarily get that i i think at the later in the episode we're like kind of told to think this way but i didn't get the feeling that she was calling him because she was thinking of him in a romantic way like all of the other people at the Mm -hmm. table were I, yeah, I, I just didn't get that feeling from it. Yeah, I feel like the like the psychoanalytical version would be thinking about how she's been like repressing feelings mm-hmm. for Christopher, <laughs> like romantic or sexual or both, and then they like just come up out. You know, it's always about like the things you've repressed, yeah. <laughs> like interrupting your present moment, and she just calls him. It's so it's so weird. I feel like maybe it's like. The call is could be so many things at once. Like it could be a friendly call. It could be like something from your past. Like I don't know. It was so out of the blue, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll never know. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> but after this phone call, something miraculous happens. Just we pan in on Michelle dancing, just like shaking his booty, and two drag queens come up and join him. He looks uncomfortable at first, but he continues to dance. And I just love this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I liked that it took that turn because early on, they were definitely trying to heterosexualize Michelle again. He said, I like to move and the ladies like it too or something like that. And I was like, how dare you? Of all places, Michelle's currently in like a drag club and you're trying to tell me he cares like what the ladies Mm -hmm. think no like stop it (laughs) that's not true to his character i don't care what network you're on you just don't even need to include that line you know let him be his little queer self that's just yeah seriously in all of his pettiness in inviting emily which was a great move i loved it yeah i love that (laughs) so after this very eventful bachelorette party the next day, everybody's hungover, of course, and we get um, Lorelai going back to the inn. I think this was just poor planning on their part that they all mm-hmm. <laughs> had to work the next day. Doesn't yeah. Lorelai, she's the manager, doesn't she make the schedules? Couldn't she at least have given them a day off after the bachelorette party? <laughs> but Poor planning. Yeah. But they all go in and they're like groaning and moaning from the bright lights and the loud noises and stuff and I don't know about you but when I get hung over which isn't 
very often mostly because I don't drink that often but also I don't like drink too much often but Mm -hmm. I like I just couldn't even (laughs) I don't think I could Mm -hmm. even go into work because I just like feel nauseous all the time and I just want to lay there I don't see how people like push through a hangover it just doesn't happen for me (laughs) no if I'm like truly hungover I am nauseous mm-hmm. and I am the next stage after me nauseous, which I don't want to describe <laughs> in detail on the podcast because it might gross people out, but I would not be going to work. That's the short version yeah. of the story. You're like laying in bed watching Netflix. <laughs> mm-hmm. And God knows when you're hungover, it's not the time to have an argument about your upcoming marriage, which is what Lorelai goes through with Max here. And, um, he comes to the inn because she's supposed to have like made him a set of keys and she hasn't yet and he says I'm trying not to like read into this too much and then he says this line that was like wow he says you need to think about someone else other than yourself for a few minutes a day it's like boom oh my god (laughs) that was searing truth like where did that come from? Like, he's been, you know, burying some feelings too, I mm-hmm. think, here. Ooh. Yeah, their relationship, if it had continued, would have, like, erupted in huge fights. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this does not bode well. Yeah. But it really aligned with what we'd been saying about feeling a lot of, like, the main character mm-hmm. energy coming from Lorelai and how that is, like, one of her downfalls, I think, of her character. Like, there's, like her it's like in the fine line between like individualism and selfishness you know (laughs) i was trying to think whether i think whether i agree with max's assertion here whether she really has Mm -hmm. been this selfish and she has like made some efforts to like include him by having him sleep over and stuff but at the same time a lot of that was for her own comfort in a way like a lot of what she does even when it's under the like the vague idea of being nice to somebody else is also for her own (laughs) gain which I guess is just like the human condition like we all do that but I don't know I feel like he kind of went a little bit overboard but he also I can also see where his frustration was coming from Mm -hmm. and it's such a it's difficult to also analyze with the context also of thinking about women in particular mothers being expected to be so um like caring and thinking of others and I can't think of the right word the opposite of selfish selfless (laughs) yeah selfless there's just like the model of motherhood is like inherently a selfless Mm -hmm. model in you know a gendered viewpoint and so for her to even to be like not that so radically I think for can throw off men a lot too like I don't know there's there's definitely that like to say she's selfish we have to like be careful that that's not informed by like sexist viewpoints as well like uh but I think we are careful we're careful readers (laughs) no you're right I think I th- a lot of this definitely would be way 
overboard if the earlier scene hadn't happened the scene about like thinking about his role in their life because the keys are pretty sim i mean they can be pretty symbolic i don't know if they necessarily need to be because it probably just did slip her mind but of like this is a a guarantee that you have now entered their lives and you can stay there you can come in and go like as you need to but you're part of their lives for good and not giving him the keys that's showing that he has no role in their family just like he'd been afraid of or that he would play a role that he might perhaps not be comfortable Mm -hmm. with either like he would be playing a supporting role essentially it would be reversing a lot of the like stereotypical heteronormative like marriage Mm -hmm. relationships where the husband he's even called selfish really but the wife is there to cater to like all of his needs and be selfless and like that's not what they're gonna do like she would be like the main person in their role and he would probably be supporting her making garlic bread and answering the phone for her and like I think his like clearly he's been hiding some feelings of resentment along these lines and comes out with this really like harsh statement (laughs) and it's just like it's a sign that that's not the relationship for Mm -hmm. him or her really yeah he patches it up in the exact same way as he did the previous conversation by just saying maybe this wasn't the best time to have this discussion um which (laughs) there's never gonna be a good time to keep saying that uh that's not a great sign (laughs) Mm -hmm. max and supposedly a week before their wedding at this point yeah also the gilmore house is never fully locked i'll just i mean just point that out you know many people have come in though luke did have to break down the door once to get in oh yeah that's true that's an interesting Mm -hmm. metaphor Mm -hmm. (laughs) luke is willing to it's locked (laughs) people can't get the keys like she yeah you can't access the Gilmore's yeah, completely. But Luke is willing to break down the door to do it. Max is not. <laughs> Instead, he goes and asks politely. <laughs> Maybe that's mm, the big difference. Interesting. Anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this kind of ends unresolved again. And we go back home. This is when Rory mentioned something about school starting soon. So we definitely are at the end of summer. Which means we can start using our fall graphic again. Yay. (laughs) But (laughs) anyways, um, this is where I have my Lorelai's closet moment with the shirt that... Me too. It's such a cool... I I don't know. Maybe you'll know more about the the image than I do. But it's like a black long sleeve t-shirt with an image that looks medieval-y. It looks like something from... A medieval manuscript with a little fox on it and I just liked it mostly because it looked medieval-y and it just looked different from what she usually wears I don't know that we've seen her in black very much but I liked it oh see you nominated the shirt Rory was wearing but I actually nominated the shirt oh, Lorelai okay. was wearing <laughs> uh, which was this like bright red tank top that says danger <laughs> and it's like um kind of like an oval a horizontal oval that has danger on it and then it's like bedazzled around that kind of like a logo as well and it's like 
<laughs> I just thought it was so on the nose. Like, yeah. it's a red, it's red, it's a red flag. It's like danger alert. Lorelai's not going to go through with this. And like, for her to be wearing this as she's having all of these doubts, like, I just thought it was hilarious. And um, yeah, that's why I got my nomination. Nice. It's like, oh, a bit of foreshadowing there. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Shit. Danger ahead. Nice. <laughs> As they're sitting there talking about, I guess, school starting, Luke arrives, and he's brought a hoopah. Um, yes. And it's so cool. It's a little bit strange because neither of them are Jewish, but it's a really cool gesture, something that probably took him all summer to carve. I would just, like, that was not an easy one night kind of thing. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. that could have been you know I said I wished we had more episodes mm-hmm. we could have just had the two months of Luke carving yeah, the hoopa just whittling goats <laughs> and leaves and stuff but pretty much he's he's bringing it as sort of a peace offering in a way since he's been criticizing marriage this whole time he kind of concedes that you know if two people have found each other and it's the right person for you then it can work out um and they can potentially evolve together. There was a specific shot in this scene that's my gazebo moment. <laughs> and it's when they both stand up and they're standing under the hoopah. And you see the shot from behind them and it's like a wedding uh, set up. Like they're both standing there as if they were about yeah. like in front of an officiant about to get married. And... Mm-hmm that's yeah it was so symbolic so so iconic i mean you see that image all over the place and it's so foreshadowing although it'll take them 20 years or something to get there um but yes (laughs) that's just because she didn't get to you know Amy didn't get to write the marriage. So when the revival starts, of course they can't be married, even though it doesn't really make anywho. (laughs) Anywho, I don't want to ruin the moment. I thought this was a lovely scene. And it's just one of those things where you're like, how can they not, like, he's gone through all of this work to make this for her. And how can you not, like, see that, see him come and be like, oh, I should be marrying you. Like, ugh. That's part of the buildup, though, is that they're so, like, blind to this. Yeah. And now she has this hoopah in her front yard kind of looming over the decision that she's about to make. The one thing, like, that scene ends with um, them saying, you only get married once. That ends the scene. And she looks very, like, she doesn't look confident, <laughs> shall I say. And I that's, like, our final clue, I think going into this next scene. Like, if this is going to be the one, the one time she gets married, is it the right one? (laughs) Right. But we, I mean, we get the culmination of this seconds later when Lorelai rushes in, tells Rory to start packing. Um, They're going to go on a road trip. Rory, of course, realizes immediately, like, wait, but you're getting married. We can't go on a road trip right now. And then she asks um, if Lorelai is getting married, if uh, Max is still going to be a thing. And Lorelai just kind of says no. Um, and 
her reasoning is because she didn't want to try on her wedding dress every night. So we hear that she's been thinking about Emily's stories this entire time. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, at at what point do you think Lorelai knew she wouldn't go through with the wedding? Oh, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of wonder if she ever was going to like mm-hmm. if she ever truly mm-hmm. thought she was going to maybe it was just like a it just didn't seem real until and so she didn't really have to face the fact that she didn't want to until that last moment and then it was like oh wait this actually might happen luke brought me a hook hoopa i have to yeah. <laughs> nip this in the bud well mm-hmm. in the bloom because it's been going for a long time what do you think? Yeah, I was trying to, like, view all the scenes in hindsight. Like, I just feel like there are so many clues, but I don't fully know what the turning point was for her to, like, fully realize. Like, I to say she didn't want to put on her wedding dress every night, I feel like puts, like, a very logical bow on it. Like, oh, I heard my mom talk, and I realized I didn't feel the same way, but... I almost feel like that's her explaining it after the mm-hmm. fact, you know, like putting words to how she's feeling like, oh, I didn't feel like that, like one other person said. So I don't know. I feel like you, I I wonder like if she, this whole time, like would she ever have gone through with it or I don't, or like part of me thinks she really was going to go through with it though and uh, it would be so helpful if we'd had, you know, the last two months yeah. <laughs> to get, a, like, a better look at, like, her mindset going into it. Um, yeah, it's just another mystery to me as well. Like, their whole relationship, like, the way it dissolves so... Well, it got, like, it was... It happened so fast, the engagement, and then it dissolved so fast, too. So it's always, I feel like, a very mysterious component of the show in a way Uh, it's almost like you should date somebody for more than a couple months half that time away from each other before you get married well that's a very practical way of looking at it (laughs) i don't know maybe that's just not romantic i was struggling to find a gazebo moment in this episode And to be honest, I sort of forgot as well (laughs) at a certain point. So I'm going to make this next part of the scene my gazebo moment. Um, It's when Rory hears this response from Lorelai. Like Lorelai says, I didn't want to try on my wedding dress every night. And you you see Rory start to process this. And very quickly, she says, okay, where are we going? And... Like, we've talked a lot about how Max and Lorelai don't consider Rory enough, so I'm going to bracket the whole, like, Rory shouldn't even be put in this position at all side of this to, like, ultimately compliment her and the way that she reacts. Like, she is such immediate emotional support for Lorelai in this moment. Like, she could have, like, demanded more reasoning. She could have had a space where, like, she wanted this to be about her processing her feelings. Like, Rory is now losing someone she thought until seconds before was going to be, like, a parental figure in her life that she, like, admires and gets along with. And she's just, 
like having the rug pulled out from underneath her as much as Lorelai is doing that to like Max and herself in a way. And she just like, it's so admirable. I think the way she's like, she's there for Lorelai instantly. Like, let's escape. Where are we going? I'm here for you. It's like this iconic and like hard to understand bond they have like so close the unusual mother-daughter thing and like it's just so she's so encouraging to Lorelai at this moment probably exactly what Lorelai needs and it's just very moving and special I feel like and sad yeah yeah she starts packing in light layers (laughs) (laughs) and they're leaving at like 6 a.m which is shocking for the two of them seriously I was just thinking I I think it was last week or the week before you had mentioned that um the the opening credits never change but isn't this scene of them looking up at the traffic light in the opening credits I thought so so maybe the scene maybe the credits do change keep keep an eye out for that (laughs) because I do know like it is a super iconic image as they're driving through town and of course they get stopped by the stoplight that Taylor has just set up and of course it's the longest stoplight because it has to account for the oldest stars hollow resident and they're both just like staring up at it in the morning dawn light (laughs) what do you think the red light means (laughs) I don't know part of me was like okay is this red light saying stop go back mm-hmm. marry max or is it more just um or is it the opposite was it like yes you've made the right choice in stopping <laughs> with max i don't know it, it seemed yeah like it could have i don't know it could have been in a different point in the episode and a bit more more symbolic <laughs> i don't mm-hmm. know yeah it's like oh is the or is the red light like you stopped your relationship you know like it's and like yeah I know I was thinking about it too but I think the the sense of like at any moment the light will turn to green and what is the action they'll take is the interesting thing like would they with that pause would she reconsider and go back to max or are they gonna go on their trip like I think Lorelai says, like, the most important thing is that, like, we're going and then they're stopped. Yeah. But, like, where are they going to go after that? It's it's perfect for, like, a, a finale <laughs> or a season one opener. Yeah. But I don't want to sound, you know, repeat everything I've said. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say the next episode is a great one. I'm excited for it. <laughs> And now we have the end of Max. Goodbye, Max. You were great. It's been nice knowing you, Max. I'll see you again in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, for (laughs) two minutes. Yeah, for two minutes. I guess he's also back in this show for two minutes, right? Yeah, that's true. To make Rory a little bit of closure. Anyways, until next week when I believe we meet a very important person or perhaps that's the week after that <laughs> i'm in suspense now i'm just gonna keep saying <laughs> right. it until it finally happens mm-hmm. all right <laughs> talk to See you next time. week